Maximum Health with your host, Dr. Ken Gray. Dr. Gray obtained his master's in both acupuncture and oriental medicine from the Atlantic Institute of Oriental Medicine. Dr. Gray enjoys both being a physician as well as being an educator. His unique approach to holistic healing has taken him abroad to lecture in Germany and treat sports professionals in Hawaii and France. He is co-author of several books on food therapy. His office is in Jupiter, Florida, where he has practiced for over a decade and where he resides. Now it's time for Maximum Health with Dr. Ken Gray. Welcome back, everyone. This is Maximum Health. I'm Dr. Ken Gray, holistic physician. This is about quality living. Thank you for joining us. Uh, as always, we have amazing people in the, uh, as guests, and uh, they have a really tremendous individual, someone who's done so much space of life thus far and continues to do great things on our behalf uh, for us, um, both in his history in sports is, well, too much to be talked about on this show, and uh, but what he continues to do for health and wellness and um, as a shining example of, of what is important and what should be focused on in our everyday lives is, is great. Uh, we have Ricky Williams on the line. Thank you, sir. Oh, great to be here. So, you know, interestingly enough, this is a long time in the making, and I'll tell you why. Uh, when I started about 15, 16 years ago, uh, as a physician, uh, patients who were, you know, of, of coming from different places and maybe never been treated by me or someone like me, f- their first comment was, you're not Chinese. Well, I practice traditional Chinese medicine and acupuncture. And, um, you know, of course, I'd say I know that. But anyway, <laughs> uh, the second thing is, you know who you look like? Ricky Williams. So, um, so it was interesting because I think for them, probably there were not too many people that they idolized, um, that had my parents with dreads and so forth and so on. But, um, uh, they, they knew you and I looked like you, uh, they said. So, um, for years this went on until finally a patient more recently that works with Upledge Institute says, you know who you look like? Ricky Williams. <laughs> and you sound like him and you both would get along. And next, you know, I started following you on social media and um, seeing what you were about. And it, it was it was interesting how so much of our interests crossed in terms of wellness. And, of course, you're um, promoting and, and use of CBD oil and so forth and so on for, you know, for, for disease and pain and wellness. And then uh, uh, obviously there was a some sort of a comment. Well, I made a comment and then there was someone who said that we'd be great on the Joe Rogan show and so forth and so on. But anyway, long story short, this brought us together somehow because your wife contacted me and here we are. Thank you again for joining me. <laughs> well, yeah, it's great to be here. You mentioned Upledger and done a lot of amazing um, work with, with Upledger. It's, it's, that's an amazing an amazing institution and an amazing place, an amazing clinic. It's, it's, been, it's been truly helpful in my personal growth. Yeah, they. Um, I've recommended them over the years to many patients. Um, they utilize uh, obviously some gentle, real but real therapies that help many people in many ways. And I used to know Dr. Rob Ledger in person. God rest his soul. Before he passed away, and I treated his his uh, his wife and um, for for a while. And yes, I agree. They they do. They've put some people um, together with some great therapies and, and and have taught many people ways to treat others. 
because uh, they're also serve as a school and an uh, institution in that way. Um, yeah, I actually, I actually trained with Upledger. I took my first, I took my first craniosacral class while I was um, living in Toronto back in two thousand and um, six, and it was you know I'd already you know started started doing yoga and, and meditating and started my spiritual path. But I, I hadn't realized yet that uh, that I was a healer, mm-hmm. and I, I remember the first day of class, I put my hands on on someone, and you know, listening for the cranial rhythm, it felt like my heart just opened, and I felt like I found my calling. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was a pretty special time for me. I like that you didn't say you were a therapist; you said you found out you were a healer, and uh, that's that's a very important thing. That's a very important calling. Um, the when you now now obviously there's some history before we get into your present day you know uh, mission statement everything you've been doing um there's something some people may or may not know about you but uh besides being known for doing supernatural feats on the football field you know from uh, i mean and heisman trophy and, and so many things um you were also known for obviously choosing a uh, well not choosing but you uh, consumed marijuana, you smoked marijuana, they kicked you out of the NFL for a while, and then you decided, you know what, this is no longer for me. Tell us a little about, bit about your history with that, please, in your own words. Well, I mean, my, my own words, it's a, it's a very different story than, than the one that's told in, in the public. And, you know, I think it's a somewhat common common story that, that a lot of adults have, have experienced, and really, you know, waking up one day and, and kind of realizing that what am I doing, you know? And I woke up one day as a football player and I was kind of feeling, like that same feeling of what am I doing? And and I started to reflect on being a kid and, and thinking about what I wanted to be when I grew up. And, you know, there was some relation to sports and, and as a kid, you know, thinking about being somebody in the world, I, I realized that athletes and, and famous people, you know, were people that were somebody. And so I, I set my mark on, in that direction and, and I nailed it you know I was a professional football player living the dream and like I said I woke up one day and I realized this, this isn't what I this isn't what I was looking for you mm. know I was looking to make it to make a difference and what I found was as a football player um, I was stereotyped and I was labeled as being something that people expected from their sports heroes and it wasn't to be uh, really it wasn't really to be inspired to, to, to be more than you thought you could you know, on some level, you can make the argument on the football field, but not in life. Right. And I found, and I, in my personal experience, I found um, that kind of fame and, and attention and expectations um, quite limiting. Uh, and I started traveling a little bit, and I got a taste of the the big the big world out there, mm-hmm. and realized that I want more of this, and not so much of what I what I thought. And I, I will say that at the time, I was consuming cannabis and. It helped open my mind. I mean, when know, did you start? How old were you? Or I was I was in my early twenties. Okay. I was twenty two thousand one. So two thousand one. So this was after college, and this, this was, after college. Yeah, and this was in Miami when you were playing for Miami. Well, I was in. I started smoking when I was in New Orleans. I, when I was in New Orleans, I started smoking, and then I was traded to Miami. Uh-huh. And uh, and yeah, and so um, I started thinking about my life. And what is it that I really want to be doing? And every time I asked that question, it was never football. And right. at first, it was kind of frightening because I had invested so much of my life into to creating my, you know, this persona as a, you know, as a football player. 
Um, so it was it was painful to let that go, but the moment I was able to let it go when I when I called up the NFL and told them that uh, I was retiring, right? Um, I felt this huge weight come off my shoulders, and I felt like the heavens opened for me, and and my true path was right was right there in front of me. Um, now, so I just, I just uh, sorry to interrupt, but I just want to say, you know, I I've I'm a pretty big guy. I'm about two range between two twenty two forty, depending on you know whatever the week is. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> right? And uh, so, but I've never been into football, okay? I've watched Super Bowls. I've done, but you are so, your name is so huge and always has been huge um, and a household name. So, I, you know, um, even though I didn't know much about you, I knew that I, I needed to know about you at some point, right? And so I'm saying that because, and, and the reason why I asked for time frame is that that time before you even went to Miami and when you were in Miami, that you were doing incredible things physically still despite people's uh, idea or perception of smoking marijuana you were you know ran more than 100 you know yards for three consecutive games you did a lot of things that people consider um feats of of, of grandness and that and you were doing it over people who weren't smoking marijuana and who and people who were taking your typical drugs for pain and and for courage and whatever else they you know t- you know typically take in sports, uh, steroids and so forth and so on. You were basically natural, and you're you chose to almost kill a part of yourself or your career in a way to live more. And and so there was this sort of martyrdom for the rest of us, which now no one would necessarily consider putting those sort of requirements on people because CBD and marijuana is becoming more of a usable thing for pain and it's being prescribed by doctors and so forth. But you were so ahead of your time, not only in the way that you wanted to be or the things that you held as priorities in your life, but and, and things that you were doing, but in the way that you were thought I should, you know, attend to my body's health and well-being mentally and physically. So I just kind of wanted to, you know, paint that picture real quick because there's so much depth to who you were then and and that just continued to who you are now. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think that's ac- that's accurate. But, but you know, if I'm being honest, I I can't say back then I had really much of a clue what I'm doing. I, you know, I I think you know one of the things when I started smoking, I I started to develop a relationship with with uh, inner voice. You know, and I think we've all had moments in our life where we've kind of you know heard or received some guidance from from inside. And most of us don't trust it and don't listen to it. Um, but as I, when I started smoking, I, you know, I was having tons of success, you know, in the outer world, but my inner world was, was immature. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. I think I, I, I had put all my energy into becoming a, a professional, a great professional football player. And so, again, my inner world, I think, was Right. And you were achieving those goals. Thought, you were achieving those yeah. goals. Yeah. Yeah. But, but again, it, they, were, they were somewhat fulfilling, but there was something inside that I felt was missing. And when I started smoking, I started to film from work and I started to have these conversations with myself right. um, that had nothing to do with football. You know, or I was asking bigger questions and, and, and making an attempt to put my my life into some larger context. Mm-hmm. You know, through those, through those inner conversations, that's where I came to the realization that I, I think I should be doing something else with my life. Right. And and so I, I, I retired from the NFL and, and you know, I started to just trust this inner voice. It led me on a journey. You know, I, I started traveling. I, I went overseas. I started interacting with people who had no idea I was a football player. And so I started to get this amazing feedback about who I was that 
that felt so much better than the than all of the fan letters and all the amazing feedback I was getting about that I was used to receiving from you know from my football career, and you know nourished by these conversations and and you know inner conversations and outer conversations, I just followed a path, and, and it it led me to to start studying Ayurveda, you know different healing modalities. It led me to yoga. It led me to, to astrology. Really led me to to start studying and, and practicing um, all of the things that are really a major component of my life right now. Right. And so, you know, I really, I really look at that as a, you know, I grew up Christian and, and you know, talked about being born again. And I really feel like that experience was a, was a spiritual rebirth for me. The, you know, interestingly enough, you then created, you know, and we'll go back to some of that, but I did want to say, I like how you created this company, Real Wellness. And, it wasn't like real health or real this, you know, or whatever pain relief or is real wellness because it seems like you then realize what it was to be well. And some people separate their physical health, mental health, spiritual health and all that. But you seem to figure out a way to to see them all converge and pursue that convergence in a good way, in a positive way. And then you form that company, Real Wellness, which we'll get into soon. But um, I, I love that. I love that that was where the journey began, was deciding within yourself to listen to that voice, to see where you maybe felt incomplete um, and, yeah. not, and not as well as you could be, right? There was yeah. potential yeah. Um, in other ways. And then you started to work at that and um, in a vigorous way. And you traveled. I saw, I, I looked at some videos where you went to all parts of the world i mean fiji and <laughs> australia and and you saw a lot of similarities in the people when it came to that search for wellness yeah and, and i mean i think that's that's where i really fell in love with eastern philosophy and eastern medicine is, is that they didn't separate um the body from the mind from, right. the, from the soul i mean i remember my first my first week uh studying ayurveda and it just blew my mind you know it blew my mind that there's this ancient system um, that really spoke to to how I felt deep inside. You know, I, I remember right before I retired from football. You know, I was just reflecting on life and, and having the sense that all of these things that we that we interact with on a daily basis. You know, uh, television. You know, um, as a form of theater or listening to music. You know, just all the things that consume us. I had this sense that all of these. I feel like we're connecting with all these things on such a superficial level. But I just had this intuition that they all come from something from some deeper place, you know, mm -hmm. whether that's deeper inside of us or deeper in our history. Right. And as I was, as I was traveling through India, um, I was with my yoga teacher, and we, we visited a lot of temples. And we were in this ancient, ancient temple, probably 4,000 years old, and right there in front of me, there was music, there was theater, but it was all directed as some form of worship, you know? And in that moment, I, a lot of these moments where I felt like my outer experience validated these, these inner inner feelings, these inner senses that I had. And through those processes, it really helped me start to trust myself. Hmm. Um, and, you know, and I feel like life has become so much more lively and, and interesting and, and meaningful um, developing this, this, this kind of relationship with myself. You know, it's that's not a easy thing for most people. The masses would hear what you're saying and feel terrified to go down that road. Um, there there's, has to be some element, I think, in a person, and I saw that in you in your early interviews, um, that you always had a strong will and a strong mind. So what advice would you give to people who don't have such a strong will and a strong mind to begin with? 
Um, you know, I mean, there, there's this idea that we we all should be doing these things. We all should be asking ourselves, are we living our true life? Or, you know, are we, are we listening to our calling? Are we utilizing our talents well enough? Are we really truly looking at our lives and, and living? You know, are we awake? As some people would say, um, yeah. but that's a scary thing to be, you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, the, the, even language you're using, you know, it's, it's right on. And, and again, the starting point of this conversation is I was a professional football player. You know, mm-hmm. I was a modern day warrior. Right. And, and to me, I feel fortunate in, that I would receive that kind of training because I think to live an authentic life is, is a warrior's path because you, you do have to face fears and you, you do have to develop some kind of willpower. And, and it's difficult and it's, it requires a decent amount of suffering. You know, when, when you wake up, when you wake up, you know, when you become more conscious, right? One of the first things or the first thing you become aware of when you become more conscious is all the ways you've been unconscious, right. you know? right. And all the choices you've made from unconsciousness. Yeah. And, and it's not easy to look at. It's not easy to deal with. But I remember when I, early it's, it's, in my... It's in ownership. My it's ownership. It, it's, I remember early in my football career, it was, it was after my it's after my second year in New Orleans. And I was reflecting on my life, you know, and I was thinking about how, you know, it was easy to point the finger to all the things I outward, to all the things I wasn't happy about. But I, I decided, I realized... When I'm pointing one finger, there's three fingers pointing back at me. Absolutely. And so I started to I started to do some. I started my inner reflection, and the first the first awareness I came to was I'm a monster. Mm. You know, mm. I'm a monster. Just taking ownership for for all the things in my life that I wasn't happy about. And, wow. And it's weird. It, it was a little bit painful, but it was more of a relief because mm. I realized that if I'm the monster, if I'm the one causing the problem, then I have the power to do something about it. Right. <laughs> and so at that moment, I, I called my best friend back home in San Diego, and I said, hey, I need someone to talk to. Can you help me find someone? And then I just started getting, you know, developing that relationship with myself. But it, it was a painful process in the beginning. It's, it's amazing because that's the same thing. Well, I've had to go through my own realizations. But as a physician, as a healer, when I see patients, the first thing I say is I go, look, this is where we're starting. And I want to know one thing, either that you feel better or you feel worse. Don't be concerned with feeling worse, but I'd rather you feel either way, better or worse than the same. Because if you feel the same, then I haven't affected it. If I affect it, I can fix it. So one way or the other, uh, worse or better, gives me an idea that I've affected it. And if we've affected it, then we can fix it. And like you're saying, once you have that realization, you might feel better, you might feel worse. Either way, you as a, when you take ownership of your life, you can then fix whatever's wrong. Yeah, I think when there's ownership, there's especially if there's ownership and some kind of self confidence, right? You know, right? And I so and I had self confidence because I had shown myself that I could accomplish my goals, right? And so, you know, instead of outer goals, I, I shifted more to inner goals. Right. You know, I realized that my outer life is really unbalanced related to my to my inner life, and, right. and with the same intensity I pursued my professional football career, I pursued a rich inner life, mm. and, and and I feel like just now. I'm starting to to experience the same kind of results and the, and the same kind of success right. in my inner life. And yeah. instead of waiting for the cheers of millions applauding your greatness as a physical gladiator on the field, now you're looking for that inner applause. And um, and with it comes some other applause. And I'm and I'm applauding you now. Uh, Thank you. <laughs> um, I mean, to me, to me, the real the real applause yeah. is is to see people 
uh, is to be a, to me the real positive is to be a catalyst for change in other people's lives. Absolutely. And, I, and to me, it, yeah. it, it it helps everything come full circle, and it's where I find my redemption. That uh, you know, if you if you took a, a freeze frame of my story, you know, when it became public that I failed a drug test, and, and the, the headlines read, you know, professional football player quits at the peak of his career to smoke pot. Um, that that could definitely have been a tragic story, mm-hmm. but it was just the beginning, uh, to me, of a of a redemptive story. Right. Um, yeah, because I mean, that's the, the the perception again is that marijuana is a gateway drug um, to bad things, and that's not the case. It wasn't a case for me, and it wasn't a case for you. Um, you just chose to utilize it for your better self, and it, all these things are choices. I would say. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and you know, Gautama Buddha, you know, is reportedly you know, said that um, everything can be medicine and everything can be poison, right. you know? And, and that's really was the idea behind, you know, real wellness. And, and you know, we started off as a as a herbal company, um, again, from my from my roots, studying Ayurveda and, right. and, studying, and studying Chinese medicine and realizing cannabis is an herb. It's a, it's a spiritual herb and it's a powerful herb, but there's literally hundreds of other herbs that are, that are also quite powerful and that are, can also help affect our consciousness and our spirituality. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I saw this, this openness, people being open, more open to CBD and more open to, to cannabis as an opportunity to, to teach people about other plant medicines. You know, and, and the, root, the root cause, you know, the root motivation for me is, I think just the thought that I'm going to put something in my body that comes from nature right. to help myself feel better. I think just that thought in and of itself is healing. You know, because where we've come from is, in, I was guilty, guilty, guilty. When I in high school, I was popping a lead so that I could pitch. You know, yeah. or taking taking pharmaceuticals to deal with to deal with the pain. And, and the idea of I go to the doctor, I go to this typically, you know, especially in my time, I go to a white man to tell me what to do to, and how to take care of my body. Right. And and you know, another physician, you know, another white man physician, taught me something different. John Upledger, you know, one of I think one of his, his most powerful concepts, you know, discoveries was of the inner physician, you know, that he noticed when he worked with people. He, you know, he tapped into some inner knowledge that helped bring people back to wholeness. Yes. You know? And, and so for me, real wellness is, is that wellness or health or whatever you want to call it, you know, doesn't originate in what you put into your body. Mm-hmm. You know, that's definitely important, you know. But, you know, in the Bible, you know, Jesus essentially said, you know, what comes out of your mouth is more important than what you, what you put in your mouth. You know, what, what you put in your mouth defiles the body only. What you put out comes out of your mouth defiles everything around you, defiles mm. your soul. Yes. You know? And so this idea of real wellness is tapping into your own inner knowing about what you need and how to take care of yourself. Yes. And that's a process. It's a process because we've all been told what's good for us. We've all been told how to take care of ourselves. But if you think about it, right, who knows, who has the ability to know what you need better than you do? And and with you know re- with real wellness and uh, I like the slogan, <laughs> your your world uh, herbalized. But you have these. I like some of the titles of the the products: Serenity, Calming, Hemtonic, Optimize Hemtonic, which is more per- for performance uh, based um, ut- utilization yeah. of CBD. You've got topicals, which I've ordered uh, some and will be giving away as gifts to some of my dear patients because um, everyone knows I don't really sell. 
uh, in my office. I like to direct people to resources. I like them to own and have access rather than come to me for everything. I like to sit them on the path and then let them, you know, be part of their healing and engage in, engage in their lives. But, um, you know, this is definitely something I can get behind and, and recommend. The, uh, so the, the maintenance and repair hemp cell for topical sprain strains and joint pains and arthritis. There's just so much uh, goodness on your site. And um, I just want you to be able to share with people how to get in touch with real wellness and how to utilize the products if we can. Yeah. So, you know, like, like everyone nowadays for business, you have to stay relatively uh, active on social media. Right. Um, you know, and so, you know, we're, we're on, we're on Instagram. Um, personally, my personal account on Instagram is, is at Williams. Um, and definitely check out, check out our website, um, rw.life. Um, cause you know, again, we started off as a, as a, as an herbal brand, but, but really it's, it's a lifestyle brand mm-hmm. and it's really about getting people to trust themselves, yes. you know, and, and take take ownership of their own of their own wellness you know our, our, our latest catchphrase is, is a healer in every household you know and and this it, the, the bigger picture here you know is really you know in this day and age it's like everyone is an entrepreneur you know whether you're driving uber or you're making money on, on youtube or, or social media or you're an influencer so everyone is it's like this merging of how do i make a difference in the world and still stay authentic to myself right you know? yeah. and so start and starting a business I wanted it to be an authentic expression of, of me and my and my wife, you know, my, my partner and the CEO of the company. And, you know, this idea of a healer in every household, you know, later in my life, waking up to the fact that, that I was a healer, that I did, instead of my sensitivity being a negative thing that only causes anxiety and stress and worry, it became something I could use to, to tap into uh, how to take care of myself and how to take care of the people that I, that I, that I truly care about. Mm. Um, when, I, when I first started experimenting uh, formulating with with herbs and cannabis, it was because my I was working trying to find a, create a topical. I couldn't find it in the market for my my young son who had really extreme eczema, and you know watching him at night not being able to sleep because he's you know literally scratching his skin off. Um, it moved me to literally on my travels everywhere I went, everything I was doing, I was trying to find something to provide some some relief. Right, and finally when I when I you know, got to Calif- Northern California and started studying Ayurveda and had access to medicinal marijuana and the herb lab at my Ayurvedic school, I started formulating and I came up with something that, that at least by 50% um, helped him start to recover and, mm-hmm. and not be, and be in so much pain. And I think there's a lot of us out there that are sensitive. In, in, in this world, it's really difficult to be sensitive, but if we can channel our sensitivity into, into helping and taking care of the people around us, you know, it becomes something that... that that builds our self-confidence instead of undermining it. And that I think there's a lot of introverts or sensitive people out there who just haven't been empowered to, to, to use their gift to, to help take care of themselves and the people around them. And so, you know, that was definitely part of my journey. And I know there's others out there like me and, and this is who we're really talking to. Yeah. Well, thank you for your, your life of greatness uh, on and off the field. You're, you're doing amazing things. And realwellnessherbal.com is, is uh, the website. I know that's the one I was directed to. That's been very helpful for me. And I want to share that with my listeners. Um, I, I hope to have you back again because there's so much more I want to talk to you about. You're, so, you're such a wealth of knowledge. And um, the astrology aspect, probably need to talk to you and your wife on that. Because um, that's become, you know, times like when there's mercury in retrograde, that keeps coming up with patients. <laughs> and uh, I mean, I'm telling you, astrology is like, I mean, that's probably my, 
my, the favorite thing, my favorite yeah. thing that I do is, is talk to people about the about our connection the with the stars is definitely relevant. So, but it's been a true pleasure. Um, this has been another maximum health quality living. We've had Mr. Ricky Williams, legendary Mr. Ricky Williams, on the line with us today from California. And uh, if you've missed any portion of this show, please, it's on Apple Podcasts as well as the Public Radio Exchange. And uh, thank you for your support. Thank you, Mr. Williams. Oh, yeah. Thanks for having us. Yes. See you next time. Rejoice. Good tidings I bring you. Yeah, yeah. A message to you, my friend.